0: Thanks for tuning in and listening to us rant about random shit, guys. This is Alchemy Answers, episode 35, I believe. And uh, we are going to take some questions from our patrons. Vasilios asks, If you
1: had a friend who never played Dota and wanted to get into it, what is a methodical way that you would show them for figuring out what their favorite role is? Uh, would you play unranked in each role? I feel like there's so much variance in the experience of each role when you split it by hero lane teammate slash outcome
0: i don't think you should even think about roles personally i was gonna say i, I agree with that you I should just that. play some bot games and put them on a hero that you think will be fun for them and just let them explore dota like remember what it was like to learn a video game for the first time back in the day where you like i don't know you just press buttons you're like oh what does this do and then stuff happened and then that's that's how the learning experience of a video game should be. There should be no, like, people... That's, that's one of the biggest problems with Dota, I think, is, like, there's no neutral learning environment outside of bots. You just, like, you're put in a game, and everybody's taking it super seriously, even though it's unranked, and people are fucking flaming you, and there's Smurfs on your team, there's Smurfs on the other team, you're getting bodied, you have no idea what's going on, people are very, very serious about it, because somebody other than them is making millions of dollars playing this game, and so they expect you to be good, even though it's your first time, and so... I think that Dota needs to be experienced in a very sort of like childlike way, innocent way. Otherwise, you're never going to get into it and you're not going to f- have any fun.
1: I I agree with you that I think Dota lacks that. And that's why I find it impressive that Dota is so consistently popular despite that. Yeah. Um, I was reading up on like I follow a lot of um, channels of like game devs where they'll just do like interviews with these like legendary game devs like people made like Command and Conquer and you know Diablo the original Blizzard devs. It's always so interesting and they say that like in a game there are two like modes that you'll experience it, two modes that are really important. Like there's the hook where you hook somebody in with like flashy graphics with their initial response to like how it feels to actually play the game. You start with like some epic boss fighter and it doesn't really matter if the initial experience is anything like the experience that's going to hook them into keep playing the game um, because all you need to do is just get somebody interested and they'll keep playing and they'll keep playing and they'll eventually discover uh, the actual experience which is you know roles and and dota and competitive and grinding mmr and getting your ranks up and people ca- people t- carrying and taking the game seriously it's a competitive game and that's why it's fun it's like wow arena that's why it's fun people are competitive it's hard um, you feel like you're kicking people's asses that's really nice but like the initial experience is also really important because if you don't have an initial pleasant experience, people just won't people just won't play the game. And with Dota, there is no experience that is pleasant initially. It's like it kind of sucks.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, with that being said though, I recall when I got into the game, what got me into the game was I was spamming Ursa and I was spamming Pudge. And I remember just getting really excited to wake up and just play Ursa and Pudge. And I had no thought process when it came to roles. I had no fucking idea what role I wanted. I didn't even know what roles were. I didn't care. I just, I played Ursa. I played Pudge. And it's such an incorrect way to view the game. But look at me now. I'm super addicted to Dota. (laughs) I put like $3,000 or some shit into the Steam community market probably. You know, in terms of a game dev, you're happy that somebody like me is playing your game because I'm putting a lot of money into it, a lot of time into it. Yep. Uh, and i think i think that's what you should go, shoot for for your friend as well is just uh give them like a positive experience at the start just and, and the way that you do that is you should be like okay play play like a fun hero the most fun part about dota is casting spells
0: okay so what yeah i was gonna say pick pick a hero for each attribute what do you think is was the best initial player experience for each attribute i have my three already because i've been thinking about this while you're talking
1: uh okay you can go and I'll, I'll I'll look up the heroes
0: okay so i think that for strength the best starting experience is probably sven it's like very straightforward you press a button everybody gets stunned, they take a bunch of damage you have a passive that lets you just like kill a bunch of stuff then you have a button that makes you run fast and then you have another button that makes you like hulk out and do a fuck ton of damage you don't really have to do anything mechanically complicated um, you could you could literally build like any items on the hero if you're just learning. It doesn't really matter. You're going to have fun just like cleaving people down. Um, so I think that Sven is really good for for strength. For agility, I think probably PA just because of the simplicity of the hero as well and how satisfying it is to coup de grace people. Um, also, the fact that like you can stealth, and I'm sure that some people will be like, oh, check this out. I'm going to go like run around the map invisible. It's going to be so fun. Yeah. Um, And then for Int, it's got to be Zeus. That's
1: my... Damn, i got to pick another one now. That's my Int hero. I I actually have different um, agility and strength heroes. Uh, I would say, like, maybe I'm biased here, but I really think Pudge is a fun experience, just, like, using the hook and uh, having it be kind of the correct gameplay to just run around killing people. It's pretty straightforward, too, yeah. I think that's something that people are going to feel really inclined to do when they enter into this like five v five kind of battle style game, is they feel like the gameplay should just be to run around killing people. So like Pudge or Spirit Breaker would really mesh well with that sort of. If somebody's coming from like an FPS game where you're just supposed to run around this arena and, and murder people, I think like Pudge or Spirit Breaker is going to make a lot of sense to somebody like that. Uh, Sven, you can still do that too, and and I think you know depending on what game you come from, Sven would definitely be really fun. I have a lot of friends that started Dota and they played Sven first, so. I can attest to, to your answer. But for me, I, I came from like Call of Duty and, and FPSs. So Spirit Breaker and Pudge, definitely. Those those are my homeboys. And um, for Agility, I really like heroes that, okay, like number one, easy. And number two, just feel like super powerful. Like, I yeah. really liked Ursa because I felt like uh, overpowered. I felt like nobody could really man fight me. I could just run at somebody and beat the shit out of them. I felt like I was the person that was um in in control of the game and also just like the idea of just running over and like sneaking roche i I thought that was i thought that was pretty cool ursa was definitely a different hero at the time though and um bounty hunter was my other answer for agility is maybe people would really like the idea of running around and just like murking people with this invis guy yeah just like running around and fighting and that's the correct thing to do on bh
0: yeah definitely
1: and Zeus, I feel like, is just the obvious int answer because yeah, I
0: think he's just like the best introductory hero to the entire game, to be honest. Just like the best
1: spell you just run around and cast your spells on guys and do tons of damage. It's really satisfying. Yeah. It's really fun to play Zeus. And at no point in the game like can you have too few items to do damage or to control the game. Like I I I really do think, yeah, Zeus is Zeus is fun. At Crystal Maiden, so like any of these general kind of spell casting, super basic like wizard heroes, I think make a lot of sense, but Zeus is just he's just the best at doing that, just running around, just kind of mindlessly taking fights, yeah, and owning people. Like Zeus will succeed at that. With like Lena and Crystal Maiden, you actually have to press your spells correctly. With Zeus, you just walk in, press all your shit, and people die. It's really fun. Yep. Anyway, uh The Last Crusader says, What are the best meta carry players, uh heroes to play right now? I'm pretty much solely a position one player, and it's kind of hard for me to see the uh, really good carry heroes this patch. I'm ending up playing mostly just my mains like Jug, PA, Drow, Void, CK even though I don't think they are really good in this meta. So you're asking what the top carries are.
0: Yeah, then I made oh. a video about that like the next day. So Okay. It's kind of been answered in that video, but you can go ahead and give your opinion on what you think the best carries are since I already have basically.
1: Okay. Um, let me let me look at the heroes. Um, obvious choice is Sven, that hero's ridiculous. Number one. Sven is number one. Uh, main reason I think is be- my personal opinion on Sven is that he has these like two different, two different play styles that you can play him in. Uh, play style number one, you can go for like a no blink build and just go completely raw damage. And you're this like hyper late game, absolutely beast of a carry. You have to ignore your team for a long time and be really selective about when you fight. And then there's like this mid game timing Sven where you go Midas blink BKB and you just look to like blink in and destroy people with like a bkb in the um in the mid game and that's really strong for trying to end the game early against like superior late game heroes and uh also honestly they've just nerfed a lot of carries it's really hard
0: to of- have a bad game with Sven like if you get shut out in the lane which is very rare cuz he's super good at trading in lane with stormhammer then you can just go farm the triangle he's like one of the only carries that can still farm the triangle really well or you can just snowball off of kills in the laning stage and take towers. Yeah. So. he's
1: also like a stunning, a stunning carry. That's that is something not to be underrated, especially when there just aren't that many good carries left. Like Troll has been nerfed significantly. Um, even Sven got a little bit of a nerf, but not
0: not really. Yeah,
1: um, not to like what made him a, a good carry. Life Stealer nerfed a little bit.
0: He's um, still pretty good though.
1: He's pretty good. I would say Life is probably like up there. Life Stealer is really strong right now. Uh, Drow is not good anymore. I think Drow is a pretty mediocre hero. I think you can play Drow if you're really good at Drow, but um, my personal opinion is that um, I really like playing, you know, something like Brewmaster, Beastmaster. I really, I like playing these heroes. I don't pick them in pubs because I think that there are higher S tier offlaners available to pick, such as Sand King, Mars, and Pangolier that I would much rather have a 60% chance to win the game than a 55% chance to win the game because I really like winning Dota. Yep. So I, I think you should think similarly where you're not just going to pick some draw ranger. You, you'd rather like get good at you know, something like a, a Sven, especially if you're already pretty good at like similar playstyle heroes. I think it's just better to play the absolutely broken stuff. Spam 10, 20 games of the hero if you need to get uh, good at it. So let's see. Lifestealer, Sven. Uh, there's, tro- Troll is still okay. Jug oh, is still okay. Morph is still okay. Yeah, these heroes are are still pretty good, but I'd say those are more specific.
0: I think Specter's good.
1: Uh, good. Spectre's good. Specter's really good in pubs and competitive. We're not seeing it that much, but it's when it is picked up, it looks pretty good.
0: Yeah.
1: It just it needs a specific. If you have like a Specter Abaddon, I think that's really good because she just needs to survive the laning stage and then she's good.
0: Yeah. Or so if you have a
1: support that's or Warlock, yeah, yeah, precisely like some healing guy that will just sustain you through the laning phase.
0: Yeah, that's what uh, it was. That's, like, what the meta was when when sustain lanes were super popular, when Warlock was super popular, back in, like, 6.8.9 or something like that. 6.8.8. 8. It was, like, super remember.
1: hard carries plus yeah. healing guy.
0: Yeah, it was, like, Spectre Warlock every single fucking game.
1: Or PL Warlock or yeah. Terrorblade Warlock. Um, I would say, like, Ember's a really good safe lane carry, but the thing with Ember and Jug is that you need to be able to play an early game style of Dota, and the point of these heroes is that not only do they scale pretty well, I think Ember's actually better scaling than Jug, but, um, They are also really good at fighting and like rotating, and uh, you need to be able to do that if you're going to pick these heroes. Otherwise, you'd rather just be a free farming like Spectre or, um, or Sven. And that's kind of why Sven's a little crazy is that he's such a good like hype, right? He's a super good hype, super good hyper late game carry, but he's also really good at joining fights. Life Stealer, you like literally don't fight until you get Midas Radiance. Yep. He does not fight He's at all. He's probably that's like,
0: that's the like most like. AFK carry right now. That yeah, if you, of, you want to go
1: completely and AFK and have it be okay, it's like Naga Life Stealer. Yep, you're good.
0: Even, I basically covered like Specter fights more than Life yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. At least you fight around your ults. So yeah. like, Life Stealer just like hits creeps, lets his team die, and then you show up with the radiance, and that timing is so strong that you can win even if your team has been losing the whole time.
0: Yep. It's kind of like the Alc Radiance timing because you're just like very fat and hard to kill, and you run around and just do too, way too much damage for yep. like the point in the game.
1: Yep. I think that's I think that's like all the carries, unless I'm forgetting one no. in particular. No. Okay. Let's see. Uh, Loi Val says, "How detailed should a game uh, should a game plan? How detailed game plan should be in place after picks? Can you give a short example? Should it differ in solo slash party?" This is like a difficult question and I'm always back and forth about things. So I'll just give you what my current opinion is on the game um, and take it with a grain of salt. Cause like I said, I'm definitely back and forth when it comes to ideas, but I can't say that I just went on a 19 win streak in solo queue and I'm almost 7k again up from like 6k. So I, I do feel like my idea on this is pretty good, especially cause this is the thing that I have been working on that I think has been gaining M- MMR MMRs. essentially like where my hero is going on the map and just what I should do. So the way that I look at it is the first thing that I think about when I enter a game is at what point in the lane am I strong? That's the first thing that I think about. Like, uh, okay, this lane that I play against, they're really strong, but I can fight them when I'm level three and when my support is level two. So my game plan initially is like, how do I get to that point where we have those levels and we can fight? That's the first thing that I think about. The thing that I think about after that is like, what am I going to do after that point? How am I going to pressure them? Like, am I going to cut the creep wave? Am I going to dive them under tower and kill them? And then after that happens, uh, like what do you, what rotation do you want to make? Like where do you want to go to end the landing stage? Precisely, precisely. and for me, a lot of the time, it's like, you know, I'll go to the safe lane, get a kill, take the tower. I'll go to the safe lane and my carry can take my lane or take the triangle. And I'll just sit in the safe lane. It's like a Sand King and they can't push the tower even though they'd really like to get that early momentum because I'm sitting there in Sandstorm and they can't do shit. So like, it just depends. Uh, but I would say like, essentially your question was, you know, where, uh, when you first start the game, what do you think about? And I would say you should not really have, A full game plan it should be more thinking about the next couple of minutes and then after that think about the next couple of minutes and after that think about the next couple of minutes in general you should have an idea of how a game is supposed to go where you want to win the game but that should be dictated by like the hero that's your win condition and it's almost always the same like what medusa wants to do every game is almost always the same what jug wants to do every game is almost always the same like you're gonna have a lineup where it's like oh we have good team fight we just take a fight push high ground at some point like what items do we need to take that fight it's, it's going to be based on the heroes, and it's going to be the exact same thing in every game. So it's not really something you need to plan. It's just like you look at your heroes. Be like we have a Medusa. Okay, she gets a match when she gets a Manta style plus like level twenty. We just run out the enemy team behind our Medusa and we win.
0: Yeah, um, I, I think so- I think the the two things that I would just add to that are basically like number one, you should have like you said an idea of how you actually win the game. If you don't have an idea of how you actually win the game, then you probably have a r- terrible draft. <laughs> but like. You need to have some idea of how you win the game, but you don't need to plan out every single step to get there. You need to have that like final idea, but then you also need to basically just have a plan going into the laning stage, uh, which I think you described perfectly, which is like, when am I strong? Can I pressure? That kind of stuff. That's super important, and that's all you should really think about initially. And then from there, the rest of your plan kind of forks off in two directions. Did the laning stage go well? If yes, then here's my options. If the laning stage went poorly, then here's my options. Because you can't just do the same thing if you're behind as you would if you're ahead, right? It's very important to change your play style if you're behind versus when you're ahead. Yep.
1: I agree uh zto unless you have anything else to to finish with that kind of interrupted uh ztoq says what's the main signal except for throne falling that i should stop split pushing and join my team for a fight uh that's kind of like off the back of what we just talked about uh with in like the mid game there are two sort of play styles that you should rotate between where your team is like splitting up and farming and just try to get the most off of the map and you're just fighting in five minute towers and when you should join your team for a fight, it's basically just off of important timings, such as you get a spell, like Ravage available. It's like, okay, now we're going to group up and fight, or like Warlock Golem, something like that. Uh, you get an item, like BKB on PA, like uh, Mantha style on Anti-Mage. Just something that makes you feel strong, and it should usually be dictated by somebody that understands the hero. So if you are in Ursa, and you get like Blink BKB Basher, and you know that's when you're like ultra strong, and you call for your team to group up, that's good. If you see your Ursa, get those items, and you know Ursa, and you call your team to group up, that's good. What just matters is somebody needs to have an understanding of a hero and make a play on that power spike. And the thing is, if you don't understand heroes on your team, and your team is dumb, and they're not calling to group up on power spikes, that's fine, because generally your hero will have a power spike that you can group up on, and you can just focus on as many as you understand, and that's going to be more than 99% of people in pubs. So basically just look for... um,
0: when you're struggling, Item, basically. Yeah, items
1: that you're getting, spells that you're that you're getting online. Um The
0: worst thing that you can do is take fights that you cannot win. <laughs> and that is that is something that happens like almost incessantly in pubs. It's like the number one reason that people lose games that they shouldn't is that people just fight completely at random and they have no plan. They're just like, Oh, my team is initiating a fight, I'm gonna run there and fight. You don't have any concept of whether you're strong right now. You don't have any concept of this is a that good shit's fight. so bad.
1: It's like that's like one of the most game losing things it's I see so all, terrible. all of the time. It's terrible. It's so bad. Like literally, stop doing that. You'll go up like a thousand MMR. I kid you not. I always stress to people in coaching that there's like a couple of things that differentiate good players from bad players. It's literally an what has gotten me from six to almost seven k MMR in a couple of months is literally saying fuck lanes. Like, I'm losing lanes. I see my team is losing lanes. I say, fuck this shit. I don't want to keep doing this because losing sucks and I want to win. So I just exit lanes and I just go somewhere and kill somebody or fight somebody or just go sandstorm somewhere on Sand King, for example, where, like, they can't deal with me. And then everything changes. and The dynamic changes on my team. And then all of a sudden people are farming. It's like, that's great. I just, like, didn't allow myself to keep losing. Um, And you see that a lot in pro games right now where people will just not allow lanes to keep going poorly. They'll just throw... It's like, you know, if you have – if you eat some food and it's, like, not good, you, like, put more spices in it, right? You're not like, oh, I'm going to keep stirring it more. No, you're not stirring anything in. It's the same spices. You're stirring the same fucking macaroni and cheese. Wow, that tastes like it needs more cheese. Maybe stirring it will make more cheese be added to the fucking macaroni. No, you throw more fucking cheese in. You put some parmesan. You put some oregano. Wow, that's fucking delicious. Or that sucks. Who cares? Because it sucked in the first place. Wouldn't you rather mix it up and have it suck again than just do nothing and know that it's going to suck? You'd rather have that off chance. Let me tell you, I've never learned a fucking recipe in my life. I make good macaroni and cheese. You know why? Because I keep adding all of these fucking ingredients. And eventually it's like, wow, that's really good. That tastes nothing like I've ever had before. I'm going to eat this have diarrhea later you know that's that's the thing it's like it doesn't matter if it causes you to have diarrhea it's gonna be different it's gonna be good it's gonna taste good it doesn't matter if it's down and dirty when you win dota if you're winning you're winning
0: yeah that's true at the end of the day it doesn't need to look pretty right i think everybody wants to have this like perfect game that's the oh my god i just want to punch people who have a bad landing stage and then they're like gg and i'm it in fountain i'm gonna feed down mid it's like
1: Dude, Dude, that's why I brought up the diarrhea analogy. Just, if you're going to have diarrhea later, I don't give a fuck as long as you're eating something good.
0: Just fucking play the game. Do something weird. like.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, oh. put some sriracha sauce in your macaroni and cheese. Come on. It's yeah. fucking good, actually. Yeah. Try that. It's
0: Dude, sriracha macaroni and cheese is amazing.
1: <sighs> yep, yep. Anyway, Gordon Ramsay aside, let's, uh, let's continue this. Um, Eddie Mercury, what is the best kind of replay to submit for replay review? Are losses better than wins? Are stomps better than even games? What should I be looking for uh, when I want to learn the most from a replay? Okay. Um, I would say, like, my personal opinion on this, at least from when I was coached when I played on a team, is the best games to look at are the ones where you lost but the game felt very normal from your end where it's like, I feel like my team lost me this game. I felt like I did really normal shit and we still lost yeah. because that's the games where you'll see the stuff that you're normally doing wrong. What yeah. doesn't really matter that much is the games where you just in the off chance do something you don't normally do because it's like, you know, if there's like a one in a hundred chance of you doing something stupid and losing games, I would rather fix a thing that's like a one in 10 game thing. You want to fix those things first. So that's where you're going to see those is in the games that feel like they went normally and they feel normal to you because you aren't realizing that you're doing things wrong. Those are, those are the best things to solve. The ones where you don't realize you're doing things wrong. I agree. Okay. Uh, let's see Damn, Joni, big, big response to, (laughs) to Eddie Mercury. Yep. Yep. Lost hypnotic, hypnotic. Um, this guy's i think this guy's a new patron thanks for thanks for supporting us uh when playing mid for me it's specifically for playing nepo or the like aka cancer heroes uh what is the best time to start rotating to help other lanes 10 to 1 it's already been answered and i haven't seen the video if there is please link me instead of wasting your time no i don't think we've talked about that um as a mid well i mean maybe but we talked about so many things so mid rotating I would say for mid, it's like on specific timings yeah, where
0: runes, power runes. Um that's then, basically yeah, it. Yeah, and then just like the general landing step. It's like can I accomplish more safely in this lane? If no, go somewhere else. Is this lane good for me? Stay there. If this lane's bad for me, leave, basically.
1: Right, right. That's also an important thing. Like so basically um I was just casting this random like wcg tournament in la and it was fun and the production was the production team was great all the people there were great but it's like a small tournament right like the people that were invited it was like random sa and na teams they weren't that great so one team one chilean team they're actually playing against the gunner stack so some random chilean team nobody knows who the hell they are and then a gunner stack who wins gunner stack right just because they have gunner probably like they had other top 100 players too so you'd think they would win But the Chilean team, I actually saw them make really nice rotations where you just it's the sort of game that you watch. You're like, dude, this feels like they're going to win doing this sort of shit. Where I saw that uh, they had a sniper mid, and the sniper just ran to the 10-minute rune spawn. Like, he literally was just there. And he ran to the rune. Generally in Dota, like, there's two runes that are free, bounty runes, and two that are not free. So he ran to one of the not-free ones, took it, and then killed somebody who was trying to go for it. And... I was just, I, like, I was watching, I was like, man, I, I was literally just talking with Moxie while I was casting about how teams don't do this, and then he did it. And uh, that's something that you can do in pubs, too. Like, if you literally just walk your hero, you can smoke, you can do, if you're if you're Team Secret, you'll smoke and you'll do all this setup. But if you're just in pubs, you can just walk your hero to, like, a rune spawn and kill somebody, and it's going to get you more farm on the map. Even if you're a mid-hero, that's fine to do. Uh, you can also, like, so that that's, like, the the... the first situation where you want to do a rotation is when like something actually spawns that makes that rotation good where you're like okay they're going to go here they're rotating to this tower they're doing this they're doing that i'm going to respond to it before they know and, and fuck them up that's like one good way to do it or you get a a, a haste rune or something like that another thing is is and this is really important i think a lot of people don't realize this is sometimes you want to rotate because your lane just fucking sucks like there's no point in sitting in a losing lane sometimes it's better to just push the lane out and then go rotate and kill somebody sometimes you can't kill anybody and that's when you want to just uh, push the lane out and go jungle. But a lot of the time, like the best option in the game is to just push the lane out and then go kill a lane where the heroes are just weak in that lane. Give your like carry jug a free, you know, a free kill and a free lane. And then you just go jungle. Or you go you go back mid, push the lane out, kill somebody again. Uh, that's 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 basically like the more important option I would say. Because I see a lot of people just sit in a losing lane and they don't um you know they just don't do anything about it. Code Riot says when position five pulls, is it better for the carry to tank the creeps under tower or try to move them between the tier one and tier two? Usually dragging them in between tower loses the range creep, which is annoying. Uh, but add more delay to the wave. Pull it under tower. I, I don't really see carries do anything other, other than that. Because the lane's gonna push out to an equilibrium anyway, if you if you do a pull through. Or or if you you know get like the right camp or or right-click the creeps to deny them, or a click the creeps. I would say pulling them between the tier one and tier two is almost always unnecessary and just puts the carry like really far away from the next creep wave and really far away from helping at the pull. It just doesn't make any sense to me.
0: Yeah. Being in between your two towers is is not a good place to be just because like you can get bullied away from ever getting back to your tower. Like if the lane is strong enough for them to push it into you, you you may end up just missing creep wave after creep wave because you can't even get back to your tower safely. So, I think just sitting under tower and, like, if they get aggressive on you, just weaving through those trees, it's it's set up in a very advantageous way for you to be able to get last sets and not not die under your own tower.
1: Jason Newsham says, what is my favorite PUD hero? Uh, definitely Pudge. PUD? Anyway. Yeah. Uh, Justin Ash says, as ward denies are worth a lot nowadays, should we risk warding on typical warding positions or just ward for detection to no enemies are moving around the map in terms of defending? Uh, how about when we were going for offense? Happy Eid Mubarak for those who are watching Alchemy. Answer: I think that's the uh, the I, end of
0: the month I, of fasting. Yeah, Eid Mubarak.
1: I don't know. I, I can't. I can't. I can barely pronounce my own name. But
0: <laughs> I think I, I I might be wrong. But that's how I would say it.
1: I think that's the end of fasting. Yeah, happy that you guys are probably all fucking eating, just dig it in today. That's good shit. That's good shit. Um, okay, so I would say like in general, even before. The fact that they're worth so much gold to the enemy team is so minimal. It's like Bitcoin going from like war- being worth $8,000 to 8100 It's not really that much. Like in the grand scheme of things, that thing is, you know, maybe that's not Maybe 8000 to like 8010 something like that. It's it's not that much because the vision provided by wards and not getting dewarded is the most important thing. I would say, yes, it the change like pushes... Uh, towards like you don't want to get dewarded because it's benefiting the enemy team more. But I, I really think that before putting wards on typical eye spots was dog shit. Like <laughs> awful, completely awful, unless you're specifically defending the ward and you're fighting around that ward where it's like, okay, guys, don't let this ward die. We're defending this ward. We're using this to win a fight. And then if it gets deward, it's like, sure. But you got the you got the value back yep. by, by winning a fight around it. So I would say, yes, you should not ward on the typical eye spots unless you're actually defending the ward with your entire team or with heroes um but not because of the change. Yes. In my opinion.
0: Yes, your your wards, I mean your goal to when you ward is to get as much vision as possible for as long as possible. Period. So, place wards that are not going to get dewarded in spots that give you good vision. And play around with that.
1: Yep. Not enough people play around wards, actually. That's, like, one of the biggest problems. It's hard to get, like, a whole team to orchestrate uh, stuff around wards, though. It's pretty pretty annoying. Um, The Zuck. Jesus. Uh, The picture that he has. If you are a mid laner uh, and both sides collapse, as in the tier ones are gone, but it is still sub 10 minutes and you need levels and farm, what should you do? Should you stay and join both teams pushing mid, or you should leave and secure farm in a side lane? Okay, so you're saying if you're a mid laner and both side lanes collapse, as in they stop doing the laning stage thing?
0: Saying both both side lanes lose their towers, but you're in mid.
1: Okay. Like your team loses their towers? Yes. Um, I would say you should not be worrying about, like, if sub-10 minutes... It doesn't matter what point the laning stage breaks down. Sometimes it'll break down. And if you're staying in a lane for 10 minutes as a mid laner, I think you're doing it wrong in the current patch. I think I think the mid laner should be rotating at like level six. Like the mid laner should be looking to be the one that's breaking open the laning stage. Depending on the hero you are, I would say for the most part, like before 10 minutes, you should be already jungling or you should be then giving your support mid or you should be ganking side lanes and pushing towers and stuff like that. Um, I don't know. Do you do you agree with that? I I, I think it's it's very rare in games to have mid laners give a shit if it's sub ten minutes and the side lanes collapse. Like you should be the one that's collapsing the side lanes, generally, in my opinion.
0: Uh yeah, I mean, I feel like you have some responsibility to not lose towers. Also, like if you're strong enough to make a rotation, you should probably go kill people. True.
1: True. Like you should be the one that's putting yourself as a wall in front of a tower.
0: Um, right. But then it gets kind of complicated because if you move to the, the safe lane to defend your safe lane tower and you lose the mid lane as a result, that's bad. Even yeah, but it's
1: easy it's it's way easier to defend the mid lane tower versus one guy than it is to defend three guys pushing the safe lane tower. But if you're a mid laner, generally you can TP in and be the deciding factor in the yes. safe lane. Yeah. But the mid lane tower can be defended by like a weak support. Yeah. Like that's one thing that's one thing that I think a lot of people don't think about in Dota. It's something I've been thinking about a lot lately, is like Sometimes you would kind of rather not be in a location, like defending a tower, but you are the strongest hero to be able to do that. I've seen even like PLs and Nagas TP to defend towers, not because it's the most optimal place for them to farm, but because they can continue farming there while also shoving that lane out. And it's like they would love to just be in the, in the mid lane farming and pushing or, or farming the triangle or something. But if you are the only hero that can defend a tower, you should be defending the tower. You're the only hero that can be pressuring, and you need pressure at that timing. You should be pressuring.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: Even if it's even if like you don't have any aggressive potential, if you can just put your hero somewhere mm-hmm. and shove it out, that's really important. So the Zuck has a second question: If you're winning the mid lane by shutting down an important enemy hero like Tinker or Medusa by Nadine creeps and forcing them back to base, but your team could also use rotations, how should you decide when to give up pressure on their mid and give them very easy CS versus helping the other lanes?
0: Yeah, take your mid tower if you're if you're owning the lane so hard that they're going back to base, you should take their mid tower. And if you take their mid tower, then you can leave because then you can actually restrict the map. But Right. If if you're crushing the mid lane against their win condition and you actively lose to go stop a non-win condition hero from farming, then you're losing your team the game.
1: Yeah, I think um it really just depends on where you think you're best place to be in the game is like sometimes you'll hit a point in the game where you can no longer pressure a tinker like he gets levels in his march and he's just farming anyway
0: yeah
1: or he goes in jungles you just take his tower and then leave and you feel okay about not having to pressure him like there's just as there's just a balance sometimes you can overcommit to like okay tinker's got levels in march and he's already farming and he's jungling and sure you're bullying him and shit but you're not stopping him from farming he, he just keeps teeping back in and you know pushing out the wave with March. At that point, you should go rotate. But those heroes like you talked about, those are win-conditioned heroes. Those are really important to shut down. So the only reason you're staying and not rotating is because they're important heroes. But as it becomes less important to stop them, aka you're not stopping them, that's when you would, you would rotate. But it's not like it's your job because you're the mid laner to stop them. That is not That is not how it is. It's just because it is the best job that you can do at that point in the game that you're doing that. Not because you're the mid laner. It's because that is just the best thing you could be doing. But once that becomes not the best thing, I don't give a fuck that you're the mid laner. You leave, you know, that's, that's the way I see it. Ro- Donnie has made so many videos about this at this point. Roles do not fucking matter in Dota.
0: Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I don't know how many more ways that we can talk about this. Everybody needs to stop thinking about the roles and what, you know, like the heroes, the roles. Think about what actually is happening from, like, a tactical perspective in the game. Replace your heroes with, like, pieces of cheese or something like that. Like, it doesn't matter. Oh, I love matter. 30
1: pieces of cheese.
0: It does not matter what hero you're playing.
1: Like Havarti or something.
0: As long as you're doing the job that's most important to be done at that time. Period. Yeah.
1: Yep. Agreed. Zuck, third question. You're bad from asking questions, the Zuck. I'm just kidding uh if Jenkins thinks positivity is perspective then how is it a zero-sum game in the universe because your brain it's like a brain thing like th- being happy being positive this is just like you have an ape animal brain you know that's that's basically why I see it like you're just tricking you're just tricking your brain to see it as like the universe is not innately positive or negative it's neutral it's just that you're seeing it as positive because you've a dumb human brain that's the way I see it and but We're all in a human brain, so why not just enjoy it? You know, if you can trick yourself into enjoying it, why not? It's better than just not doing it, just being miserable.
0: Yeah, exactly. Do you want to just
1: be miserable as fuck, or do you want to be happy? Just keep adding
0: spices. Stop fucking just stirring your life around. Mm -hmm. Add more spice to it, man. It's not going to get any better if you're just stirring the pot. Yeah,
1: exactly. Dude, that's a good analogy. Um, Okay, so...
0: I came up with that one myself.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. You should patent that. Uh, Charlie Kulkzik. 42 says, could you guys explain suiciding under tower? How is it beneficial if it gives 150 gold each? I can tell you right now that the reason that you're confused by this is because the interface is bugged. It does not give 150 gold each. It gives 150 gold split. So when you do the math that way, it's very it's very beneficial to suicide under tier two tower. Uh, the problem is now the window is 30 seconds, I believe. You can't get hit by somebody. Otherwise, it'll give them the kill. So now, like, you have to be real careful about not getting hit by people before suiciding. Yep. But it's still good; people are still doing it. Um, Jungle—you don't want to do it to the jungle because the jungle gives you like a six, a six, uh, level six death timer. They literally added that because people were killing themselves to jungle and coming back to lane. Yeah. And it was—it was too good. So yeah, because of the longer respawn for jungle, you get it. So literally, I, I think all you need to know is it's not 150 gold each; it's 150 gold split. Yep. That's it all right that's it we're done with questions cool so we're gonna sit here for three minutes
0: what are the best support no we start answering. oh, right oh we're, okay
1: we're starting now okay gotcha you, gotcha you.
0: what are the best supports to rank up in this meta warlock winter wyvern the end shadow shaman
1: how long it took jenkins and elevated to reach Imm- immortal Forever. um a few years a few years but um i've been up and down within immortal biceps oh,
0: what's up with the bloodlust first on ogre you punch people in the face and you trade with them better.
1: I don't think Bloodlust First is good. <laughs> Jenkins, your random intros in the videos are best. Please don't stop. I'm going to stop because you said that.
0: Pango Post 4, opinions. Pango Post 4, opinions. Yes, Crit does it.
1: Yeah, it's good, but it's just dog shit in the laning stage. Like you have to, you know, try your best to contribute and then own when you get the ult. How to boost rank five, 4K to 5K or 6K, please, Master. Um, I mean, that's literally our entire channel. It's just videos on that.
0: Yeah, so why don't you go ahead and you know click that subscribe button and then yeah. watch a bunch of content instead of asking stupid questions.
1: Or you could submit your replays for a replay review session at patreon.com slash DotaAlchemy every Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern, and we can re- review your replays and, and get you from 4 to 5K within a couple of uh, probably days.
0: Silence or mid, any good? Uh, probably not.
1: No, nah, bad hero. Heroes just not good.
0: The player of Dota 2. How do you all do the job to win the game? What? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, viable. Dude... Yes. Yes. I played Pudgment
1: the other day against like a top 10 mid. And I fucking shit on the guy. And I had a huge contribution to the game. It felt real good. Universe uh, commended me. That's literally the apex of my Dota career. I'm not even kidding. I, I was never I've never been so happy.
0: When is it a good idea to build Mask of on Sven? This is actually kind of an interesting one, because I noticed at the ESL Birmingham major that all the Western teams go Midas Echo Saber, and all the Chinese teams go Mask of Madness S&Y. And I,
1: I like the Mask of Madness s and Y a lot better, honestly.
0: I, I kind of like that, but also there is one thing that you can do where you can go Mask of Madness into Echo Saber so that you still have the lifesteal from the Morbid Mask. Like You can have this Mask of Madness for like a couple of minutes until you finish your Echo Saber, and then you go into your next item. So you can actually get both.
1: You um, can disassemble you know, kind of your Mask of Madness into... Um, monkey king bar plus or Shea, you wouldn't want to...
0: echo saber and satanic which are items that you buy on sven almost every single game
1: echo saber and satanic you can disassemble into things i can't remember what i'm not a carry player but it's
0: i'm telling you it's echo e- echo saber and I, satanic because i'm not i'm not disagreeing with you i'm just
1: not a carry player so I, yeah. don't, I don't know um i like i like the mask of madness smy though i feel like you're way less kiteable
0: yeah i do like that too
1: Secret Lab's still sponsoring. Yeah, what, what about that, Donnie?
0: I mean, they're, they're too it, big to actually pay us money. So.
1: Did anybody buy chairs using our affiliate link? No. That's too bad. It's <laughs> the way she goes, man.
0: Guys, what? why not Radiance on other Illusion Heroes like CK and PL? It used to be meta on PL, but I feel like those guys stats. Please
1: post you Pudge mid video. I will do that. I'll do that tonight do it that'll be my video
0: how do you feel about radiance on monkey king with eggs that seems kind of good to me yeah i think it's good
1: thompson has gone radiance on monkey for like ever
0: yeah and then you just drop a bunch of radiance monkey soldiers that burn everybody seems like it overpowers farming
1: it's nice i like it i really like it
0: cool all right thanks for tuning in guys we'll see you on thursday peace